بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين ولا عقبة للمتقين ولا ولا عجوان إلا على الظالمين وصلوات الله وسلامه على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم لا سهل إلا ما جعلته سهلا وأنت تجل حزنا إذا شئ سهلا اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك Right here, folks. Is it working? Sound, everyone? Everybody online can hear? Yeah? Yeah? All right, folks. So, um, uh, where are we now? Let's gather our thoughts. So, yes, alhamdulillah, last testament happened on the weekend. And uh, it was a great success, alhamdulillah. Um, the good attendance, and it went without major glitches. And the most important thing was, was that it raised some good money, maybe 60, 70,000 pounds for the masjid. So that's a great result, which also means last weekend, basically. Oh, it's not moving. It's a thingy. It's a, it's a Bluetooth or something. It's like some huh? No more. Is it that's it, isn't it? Down. Down? Yeah, We made money yesterday, we didn't lose money. Yeah, but it was closer before that. It was here. That's where it was. Is it? Are you sure? Where did you get 100 grand from? Oh, yeah, yeah. 2.3. 2.3? Yeah, yeah. Why did you make it like a 30 grand donation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, mashallah, we are here. Oh, there we go. Why didn't you bring that one down? <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, mashallah. So things are looking good, alhamdulillah. Inshallah, the plan is that with everything going as it is, I understand that March might be the start date. Yeah. But uh, just in case people are confused, I mean, actually, this also confuses me. The, the masjid doesn't, this remains. Yeah. Okay? All the, all the work happens on the left hand side. Okay? So this will remain until the very, very end. As I understand it, after this space will become the car park, yeah? Yeah, right at the very end, yeah. So the masjid is made before this gets demolished. Then we go into the masjid in whatever state it is, and then they start working on this part here to extend the car park. You know, that's all planning uh, restrictions, whatever. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give this project tawfiq, Allahumma ameen. And to accept it from all of the people with ikhlas, Allahumma ameen. All right, folks, and that's that. Obviously, we've got to say something about Pochettino Miskin. What is happening there? Unbelievable. And Jose, unbelievable. And December 4th, it's going to be unbelievable. So that's that. Just too many unbelievable. What's next thing we have got to say? Anything else we've got to talk about? Anything important? You can wipe your smug look off your face. Look at this one. Liverpool fan. Yeah, and Liverpool fan buzzing. Yeah, they're thinking that, yeah, it's all done. Probably, probably is all done, to be honest. Right, any other news? Anything we need to catch up on? No? All right. Um, before I uh, uh, end 
because I know I'll forget at the end. Uh, there is, not this weekend, next weekend is Lost in Translation on Tadabur of Quran in London. Those people who are uh, uh, online, okay, uh, can get down to London uh, with Sheikh Ahsan. And then you've got Sheikh Yahya coming here in Manchester in January. Uh, Al Maghrib weekend uh, classes. Okay, so that's uh, that's that. And um, what else was I going to say? Next week, inshallah, next week's lesson, inshallah, going to be live from Makkah, inshallah. Inshallah. But we'll see. He's not having kittens or anything. Obviously, he, you know, doesn't like the idea of that. But we'll see. Uh, I mean, I'm saying that, you know, we should push the boat out of it and try to do it from the haram. And uh, the problem is, is that I'm definitely going to get arrested if I do it. That, that's a hundred percent given. Yeah, and what's new? I mean, this is what I said. I said, to, I said, to, I said to the lad, so what? He goes, man. He goes, you know. So anyway, so we'll see. Uh, so that's that's that. All right, let's get into the lesson. Let's cover the few points that we have. What we got to, okay, the exact statement that we left it at was Let's uh, read that. Let's pick up a little bit. That's it. Bit more. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, it is reprehensible, dislike, whilst praying, okay, to turn, to look up to the sky, to close one's eyes, to sit in an fashion, to spread one's arm, arm on the floor during prostration, to fidget, to place one's hands on the hips, to fan oneself, to crack one's knuckles, to interlock one's fingers, to need the toilet, to be in the presence of food. He, she desires to repeat the five of We'll come to that probably in a couple of weeks. Today, I am hoping that we might get to fidget, I think, okay? So last week, uh, let's bring up the comments and all the rest of it. Yeah. So last week we uh, we spoke about uh, um, looking around. Yeah, we covered that. Everyone's happy with that. And then we came to the issue of looking up into the sky, and we thought a little a little bit about it as well. So that was good. That was good. I like that actually. Um, Sheikh wants to now, and the point that we left it on actually was that the question that the Sheikh puts at the bottom of two hundred and twenty. Oh, sugar. The other thing. Okay, this being. That's no messing about, boys. You know what I'm saying? All right? I'm mean, going to have to solid bag. This is a thingy. It's not over here, no? There's messenger machine. But this has come from Birmingham, from my sister Anjan. Smashed it. And um, full of all different types of chocolate. And I will choose different people accordingly. Okay? And, you know, you just have to, just have to, just have to just, you know. There's some serious business going on here, by the way. I mean, like, you know. You know where this is from, by the way? Yeah, Cadbury's World, exactly. This is factory. Asal, Asal Beza. What? Did you get me for that? I was closer in the booth, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there's some action going on here. You know what the real thing is? Uh, this thing here. Now, none of you, none of the, the you know, the solid, the unparla. Yeah, no idea what this is. Okay, for those who know, they know. So, I wrote about a couple of days ago about a bag that I found. I had one of these by the way as well, but that was got that got dealt with a long time ago. The other bag, you see, what happens in these factories is that the things that people don't want, the stuff that falls on the floor, they they you know they 
They brush it up and they stick it into a bag. No, this is Cadbury's broken pieces. Yanni, you know, the, the ones that don't fit into the machine and they get, Yanni, you know, uh, thrown away for another life somewhere else. They get saved. There's a guy called the Saver. He goes around and he's trying to save them and give them a better home. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's very, very commendable. Now, me, I'm ready to give people a, a home and a chance. And this bad boy here, okay, it has everything. You know the great thing about it? You have no idea what's inside. Now, when you get done, you get done with all the bloody fudge. Imagine what happens, obviously the fudge, you know the fudge, long one, well, not the long one, but that long one, yeah. So obviously, it's a machine, isn't it? Dang, tuck, 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 tuck. Now if it goes out of sync, it tucks it there, right? So it's only, whatever, that's a reject, straight out. So this goes on the floor, some guy goes around, he picks them up. The problem is, is that they don't, they don't reject the caramel cups enough, or the purple ones, or the, you know, the proper ones, asli ones. So the likelihood is, is when you open these, this, yeah, it's, it's, it's all fudge. I'm not going to lie. Majority is fudge all the time. However, however, when you, and you got some experience, when you go to the shop, it's all about. Now that's, that's, that's skill. That's skill. Like I, I can feel the coffee cream right here. That is a coffee cream. You get what I'm saying? All right. So this is no joke, Yanni, that what she sent, and this is no joke that I'm sharing it with you as well. But by the way, this has been in my house all day. I just want you to think about that. And people are getting lippy as well, you know, throughout the day. And like, you know, this, that, whatever. And I just said, the only thing that matters here is that I am in ownership of the chocolate, and these are going to just go down. That's it. All right? Yeah, I'd look at this. You love that. Bisque sticks. Broken, you know, pieces, this, that, whatever. Now you lot are, but you know you lot aren't ready for the real mal, yani, you know, the asal mal. The asal mal is all the dirt that falls on the floor from the chocolate dust. They collect that up and they sell it as Cadbury's flake pieces. It's just dust. That's the sickest one. Yes, bro. Anyway. So I'm just saying, and Jamzakmullah said, you smash it. We got the old school, yani, what we used to have as kids. Yes, mate. Curly whirly. Zinda flipping bud. Right. And this, oh, bro. You know what? It is going down tonight. Okay? It is going down tonight. Right. Listen, focus. You know, what is any wasting time? Listen. Um, where are we, man? Right. At the bottom of 227, it says, um, so, he goes, Sheikh Uthameen, he said, right. So, therefore, the strongest opinion, according to me, is that to look at up, uh, in the prayer to the sky is haram. Okay. Um, and it's not just makruh. The Hanbali madhab considered it to be makruh. And uh, we think that's the majority position. That's our class position. Okay. Walakin. He goes, if we say it is haram, then surely, we have to ask the question, does it invalidate the prayer? And those who, uh, uh, 228, those who did say that, okay, from the scholars, they said it invalidates the prayer for two reasons. The first reason, because it is the performing of a prohibited act in worship. And if a person does a prohibited act, it invalidates that act. Such as, for example, speaking in the prayer, eating in the prayer, drinking in the prayer, or, eat, uh, or eating and drinking whilst fasting, because if it invalidates it, it goes against the actual principle. So speaking in the prayer, that's exactly the opposite of what the prayer should be about. Eating and drinking in the fast 
whatever. So these are prohibited acts which, which invalidate. That's the first argument. The second argument is a ta'lil al-thani is because it is a turning away from the qibla. It's a turning away in hiraf anil qibla. Wow. See now, listen. Yeah. I told you boys. Yeah. Anjum Tunuskin, she has no idea. Who are you not looking for? Who are you not getting excited for? Orange it is, is it orange flavor? Is it flipping orange flavor? Listen to me, everybody, okay? We're going to just have to stop the lesson now, okay? There's not one, there's bloody another one here as well. Okay, but you lot are still sharing one bag between four. It's not good for you lot at all. Right, listen to me. Why is there so many extra people? Did they get out that the, the chocolate was in? Bloody hell, I never seen this many people in my life in a brother. Right, listen to me. I am now 100, 100% serious. Okay, this is the last lesson of any sweets, chocolates. You bring them, they're wasted. They're going to be wasted. They're not being distributed. They're not being given out. One, because I'm on a diet now. I'm not on a diet now, but I'm going to be on a diet when we come back. Yeah, and when we're back here. Two, the class has been just, and it's just been hijacked by chocolate and sweets. It's just now basically, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a gathering for sweets and a bit of fiqh on the side. Yeah? So that's basically what it is. A little bit of deen, this, that, whatever. Go Islam. But it's all about munch. Now, I get that. I get that. But not on this lesson. That's it. Okay? Number one. Number two. Number three. I've been cussed today more than any human being has been cussed as by my physiotherapist, by my gastrointestinal surgeon guy, whatever him, by the acupuncturist on the, the uh, yesterday, yeah, in Timpoli and his fianny pass, probably your neighbor. Okay? I've just been cussed hardcore. Your core is dead. Your muscles dead. You are fat. You are useless. You are dead. Two hernias, by the way. Two hernias. Operation in three months. One decided one. I'm dead. Finished. I'm dead. Where's Dr. Abid? I'm telling you, man. Glue, blue tack, sellotape. I'm just being held together. Honestly. Spine is gone. Fifth de degeneration. God knows. L5, L1, blah, bakwas, whatever. And my, my knee, which was on the second flipping operation. Yeah. Uh, second one, isn't it? That's now hurting again. What's going on? It's all because of this chocolate bakwas. And it's all you. Right. No. <laughs> so what I'm saying, because I'm not like that. I'm a, I'm a nice guy. Today, we go out, we go out hard. Yeah? Yeah, like proper, we... Stick in the eyes, ears. No, it has to be the last one. Which one? Okay, you bring it next week. What? Who told you that? <laughs> you just walked in. How do you know? Okay, next lesson next week. Next lesson next week. Yeah. Next lesson next week. Done? Agreed? Alhamdulillah. Right. So.
we go hard today, all right? We will make ourselves bleed chocolate, okay? I'm a rock! I am the rock! But the rock needs some current around it. If it keeps going against it, it's going to erode the rock, the world, and geology. The, the whole science of geology was built around water eroding rock. I like your good line there, you know? I like it, I like it, I like it. I forgive you because I see you sanding away, sanding away like a, anyway. Right, that's enough. You see, blessings brewing. Uh, online, obviously, they're losing the plot. Yeah, they're like, what the hell's happening here? You know, we want to go home and see Jose Mourinho's press conference. Yanni, I feel happy here, whatever. He's got some lines in him. I feel happy. Better, all right, okay. So, that's it. I'm telling you, I'm 100% serious now. I got cussed. I got cussed by Chinese, got cussed by an Indian, got cussed by a Canadian today. That's it. I can't be. Huh? No! No! If I take one for the team, the whole team takes one for the team. <laughs> That's it. Alright? That's it. That's it. Online, they can't handle it anymore. And I told you, the, the only students we have are online. What are you lot here for? Chocolate. That's all you guys do. I guarantee none of you have even a sign into the portal. How about that? How about that? That's because you're an online student and you're having a vacation, that's why. Yeah? Okay. A couple of sisters, I, I know. All right. So, so, that's done. That is done. That is done. I'm a rock. Watch, you watch. You watch now. You can bring what you want and you see what happens. Right, okay. Bismillah. What are we saying? Right, so the second reason they said that it, it invalidates the prayer is because it's turning away from the Qibla. And the Qibla is a condition, and so therefore if you break the condition, that an act of worship is built upon, then you've broken the actual act itself. Okay? So they're saying that when you lift your your head, then your uh, your your head, or you go towards the uh, the, the sky, then uh, مُسْتَقْبِلًا He only is remaining facing the qibla with his body and not with his face, which is also an obligation. Sheikh says. Uh, what, what seems apparent to me is that I don't think this issue gets to the level of invalidating. Okay, it doesn't get that far. He goes that uh, as for the concept of the uh, qibla, he goes that's iltifat. That's yani if you move in the prayer, if you turn. So if a person yani decided to turn 90 degrees to his left, that's what it breaks the prayer. Here it's the guy's eyes, maybe a little bit of the head. He goes he's still facing the qibla, so I'm not having that. Okay. Second, he goes, If a person does an action uh, 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 that's prohibited in an act of worship and that it invalidates it, um, then he goes, this is a very strong argument. He goes, we have a problem here because this is a strong argument because eating does break the fast and uh, speaking does break the prayer. And this is the same. You are doing something which is prohibited in the act. He goes, there's no doubt that this is a very good logical argument being put forward. Very interesting, O oh students of knowledge. Sheikh says that the heart doesn't feel comfortable in telling a person who looks up to the sky to repeat his prayer. Okay? Now the problem here, alright, is that this, this is, you see, you know when you study, this is the kind of conclusion you come to after many years of study. What you're basically doing, you're, you're told when you study by your teacher 
all about the letter of the law and it has to be when you're young and when you're learning it can't be about spirit and so on so so forth okay it's got to be the letter of the law and then at some point you then cross over and this is when you become qualified to be able to make a statement which really actually goes against the letter of the law but you're kind of speaking at a deeper level and it kind of almost transforms into the spirit of the law and that's what he just said he's actually himself admitted that the argument is sound the logic is sound the comparisons are sound but i just don't feel comfortable with it now in any field if you said that it would be a laugh isn't it okay it'd be a joke however that is scholarship okay that is the top level and i just want you to know that what sheikh is saying here it is important to remember this in this example because you will be using this daily in other matters or you will be hearing fatawa like I was listening, we were discussing, Yasser was here this weekend, okay, and we were discussing, uh, when we ever get together, we normally talk about, you know, the, the, the more kind of uh, the, the, the difficulties from a political point of view. You know, there are certain things that you have to let slide. And have to <coughs> is an operative word, and you have to, you don't have to do anything, okay? But you let slide, and you can call, have to let slide, because the truth is, the heart knows that something is happening, which is a, you know, something other than the text. I'll, I'll give you an example. This is a good example, by the way. I'm completely in agreement. I do not believe that looking to the sky, even though theoretically it should invalidate the prayer, invalidates the prayer. In actual fact, very few scholars in history said that. Now, that gives us a precedent that sometimes a scholar will make a statement which is different to what the text actually says and this is not a good example but i just want to use this case so for example we have politicians today that are saying things which are completely islamically unacceptable okay such as that i believe in equality i believe that we should um we should fight the fight of the uh the lgbtq community we should support their right to xyz blah 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 and textually and by the letter of the law this is completely unacceptable it is against the sharia it is against yani, the the rules the and everything and so on and so forth the argument will come from these scholars especially in the west especially in those contexts that if we don't then this will happen if we don't then we're going to become politically weaker if we don't then we don't get accepted if we don't and all these hypotheticals are put out these hypotheticals in many cases are actually true, shown yani, through, uh, you know, whatever, uh, anecdotal and even scientific means to be true, to have the results. The truth is, is that you don't have to go and say those statements. You could take one for the team. You could uh, feel the consequences. You could cause yani, a, a schism to occur in society and so on and so forth. Okay, so you're not being forced to. But scholars give a fatwa and they say that, you know what it is? We are not going to go behind this statement. We're not going to support this person, but we're also not going to destroy them for saying it. We're just going to just let them just do what they're going to do. Now, the truth is, is that this is a contradiction. This is a legal contradiction, this statement. Okay? Um, when people ask me about political uh, uh, office, right, I always tell them that I do not ever see any even half practicing person ever holding a political position it's impossible the level of compromise that a person will need to do is unacceptable okay 
And that's the, my ruling. And I will never let someone close to me go into that. Okay? S like I would never let someone close, close to me go into UFC or MMA or boxing. Okay? Boxing. Bo yeah, boxing. Absolutely. But once the boxer comes to me now, once the UFC fighter comes to me now, once the, the politician who is chair of the Conservative Party or Labour MP or whatever comes to me now, I'm going to have to contradict myself and treat him, her differently. And I know, and students of knowledge will know, that this is a contradiction. But the contradiction is happening because we know that there is some form of the spirit of the law, and I don't mean this is the application here, because the spirit of the law has still got to be positive in the rules of Sharia, okay? And this is nothing positive about haram acts, out and out haram acts. But we recognize that sometimes the letter of the law is not the uh, optimum outcome if we push it forward, even though if we did, you'd be most rewarded, you'd be most safe. So for example, a person standing up and saying, I would never accept this. I, I understand that, you know, that there's a law in this country and that we can, we, you know, we have to abide by the laws, but this is an affront to Allah, an affront to the religion, an affront, and peace be upon you and peace be upon me, but this is something completely unacceptable, which is what you should say. And you say that, and there's going to be consequences, of course, extremists and blah, 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 Muslims will never be able to integrate, uh, and whatever. And the truth is, is that, and, and, and a scholar, let alone the, the, the masses, could argue that that's a better uh, 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 route to take, whatever the cost it has in society. And they'd be right, because the only thing that I've got against them is my, uh, my subjective understanding of what is in the greater benefit. Yep, no, it's in the greater benefit for us to not say that, to be more yani, uh, pragmatic, to kind of say things that don't knock a person down, etc. I'll say something else which is completely contradictory. If I see most of these people, all right, they're not practicing, okay? Like, I mean, proper practicing. Because if they continue in that, they've made a decision. The truth is, is that what else would you expect from that person? What else would you expect from that person? Like, if you were to make them yeah, and stop that, do you think that they're going to do any benefit to the deen in any other way? You think that they're going to... Are these the people who pray, the people who do ibadah, the people who are yeah, seeking some good from them? So if they're in that position, in that place, they're not going to continue. We will not endorse, but we're also not going to chop off our own noses to spite our faces. Okay? We're not going to create a situation where we're left with absolutely nothing. Right? It's like the same when a sister comes up to you and says, and says you know what, I can't wear the hijab. I just can't do it. It's not allowed for me to say, okay, don't wear the hijab. It's not allowed for me to say that. I'll say to her that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows yani, your struggle and you just need to carry on doing what you can. I can't say to her you can't wear the hijab. That's not my, my authority. Allah has obligated upon her whether it's difficult or not difficult, X, Y, Z. The law is very clear. I've got to teach it. The way that I can come out of it is to just not endorse. And knowing that in another scenario, if she was comfortable with it or learning about it, I would say 100% you have to. You can't even dream of taking it off. There's the rules, blah, 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 blah. But in this scenario now, we're in different kind of reality and whatever. So I want you to know that these are all, when you, when you study fiqh and you hear these answers, they often feel very contradictory. Sell out scholars, sell out whatever. I want you to know that the most non-sell out of people use this kind of 
spirit of the law, thinking outside the box. Very rarely, but they use it. There is a basis for it. That's what, I'm that's what I want to I bring your attention to. So he says, I don't feel very comfortable saying that. Uh, and indeed, we are going to say that, uh, the only thing that we're going to say is that your prayer is in a very dangerous place. In a salatak ala khata. It's really in a dangerous place. All right? And as for sin, you are definitely sinning. As for sin, you are definitely sinning by raising your eyes. So based upon that, it is absolutely obligatory for people to educate as much as possible, but we will not make people repeat their prayer. Just to finish that point, okay? So he goes that, and it's very important for students of knowledge, that means all of you, to keep an eye on people. And, they, and a lot of people do this. Sheikh says you see them all the time, that they're always looking up. And you've got to tell them this is something which is completely impermissible and warn them from that, okay? Um, okay. Uh, then he says, uh, close the, uh, and the closing of the eyes, okay? Which is something, of course, we all know about, right? To close, one, uh, close one's eyes. And the sheikh says, Sheikh puts his own uh, argument forward. He goes that the reason that they have made this makru is because this is uh, uh, copying the Jews. Okay? Now, I don't know enough to, about the Jewish prayer to know that this is a key aspect of it. I'm not even sure that it is, to be honest. You know, in that culture, at that time, anything weird was, you know, that's what the Jews do. And these are people who've never ever seen the Jews yeah, at all do anything. Right? I mean, especially Saudi, kind of, you know, that whole environment. Um, like, literally. Like, they've never. Even when they go to the West, they're seeing some kind of Western-type Jew. They have no idea. Right? Um, and that's just a fact. And we just got to call it out when we're calling it out. I find that to be just strange. I mean, far better for us to put a different argument forward and say that. And, and actually, I'm going to li literally translate what he says. And you'll see that it's actually far easier to use, you know, other people. He goes, because this is the action of the Yehud in their prayer, and we are forbidden from copying the non-Muslims, such as the Yehud and others, in acts that are religious in nature, <coughs> especially those which are ri religious rituals, because their religion is an abrogated religion, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala abrogated with, with the, the sharia of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa so it is not permissible to resemble them in ibadat or other things. Now, see, this is too much of a big statement. In other things, it's allowed. Okay, but he said, wala That's not correct. He himself will give examples later that if it's not religious, then it's something which is permissible. But we know that when you want to talk about a strict culture, strict society, this is where they go strict. They, the add-ons. All right, so you'll find that they're very strict on the issue and then they'll start adding on things like, you know, trousers can't be worn and, and the ties, for example, can't be worn and haircuts, etc., etc. Everything is then, then, then kind of chucked on. And there's no doubt that that's a safer position. If you don't copy them and you make your own yani fashion, your own Muslim idea, whatever that your idea is, then you're going to be safe. But it's not necessarily the correct position. All right, so that's what he says. Um, now, I'm going to stop there because Sheikh's now going to go into the exceptions. I want to say to you that what he says, ولكن يذكر, uh, he goes that, uh, sorry, not يذكر, يذكر. Okay, there are many people that mention the following. They say that if they close their eyes, it's more spiritual for them. Okay, 
وهذا من الشيطان. This was definitely from Shaitan. Okay? Everybody says that. I, actually, I think very few do you see that say that it's better to do something with your eyes closed. Whether that's listening to something nice, or dhikr, or Quran, or salah. Everybody feels that it's better with their eyes closed. This feeling, يُخَشِعُهُ إِذَا أَغْمَدَ عَيْنَيْهِ مِنْ أَجْلِ أَنْ يَفْعَلَ هَذَا الْمَكْرُوحِ Shaykh yani, goes hardcore. He goes, this is shaitan, yani, making them feel like this. Now, I want you to think about this, that in your prayer, you are a slave to shaitan. He's all over you. Yeah, he's bring, as soon as you start, you know. It's all over the place. You're thinking this, thinking that. So he's just playing you like a Pinocchio, right? Okay? So, <coughs> what Sheikh says here, I completely accept. He actually will back off shaitan and say, have a go, go and close your eyes. The closing of the eyes is something that he's willingly happy to let you do it. Because it is actually creating a weakness of identity of your act of worship. Basically, it just goes into meditation. It goes into the Buddhist way. It goes into the whatever those people who do that. What are they, Hindus? Buddhists? Yeah, those, those, those folks who sit there, whatever. The point is, is that everything that goes into closing of the eyes is definitely not from Islam. Our Prophet ﷺ never, and he's our Qudwa, he's, our, he's the one we emulate, never closed his eyes except on one occasion we're going to come to that. And that's all that matters. right? So this is clearly an act that should be avoided and the real shocker is this statement here, that when you do and you tell yourself and you feel good for it, that feeling good is not coming from Allah and His Messenger. That's not coming from a, soul, a, a sound fitrah. That's coming from your culture, what you've been told, what you've experienced, what you're drinking in from what other people are telling you, what your own emotions are telling you. And that's very dangerous. Emotional responses that we pick up from our environments are very dangerous, which is why in Islam we control environments, right? We take children out of certain environments, we boycott certain people, we warn against the anti-deviant people because they emotionally, once they get hold of you, they're just game over because they've got you. So this is not some outlandish theory. This is this is haq right here. But let's just carry on. He goes, this person definitely needs to focus on creating khushu' with keeping their eyes open. And the fact is, he said there's nothing wrong with that. It requires more effort. That's what it does. When you're closing your eyes, you're effectively taking a shortcut. Okay, that's it. Whereas you know, you know that if you, like, I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll, I'll give you a modern example. An easy example, sorry. Like when I'm leading the prayer, I have to close my eyes often. Why? Because I have to visualize the page. Why? Because my memory is bad. You get what I'm saying? Why is my memory bad? If my memory was better, if you've seen the last few, um, the last few videos we've just released of uh, Sheikh uh, Abdul Rashid Ali Sufi, yeah? Watch his eyes. Watch his eyes. There, you know, he's generally, obviously, you know, here is a disaster because the skin is leaning the prayer there and people up and down to the bloody bathroom and back and forth. You can see yani, in the salah when someone came. You know, obviously you're there and suddenly someone comes and he looks up there and then he's back down again. But what I'm saying is that very rarely does he close his eyes. And when he closes his eyes, it's like a, an after effect. It's not like, you know, I'm concentrating my eyes closed. When we close our eyes, it's like, you know, let's just enjoy that moment, whatever. What. No. So I'm saying he's at that stage where he can see it is in his memory. He doesn't need to. I'm just giving my own example. Don't mind anyone else. Okay, I speak for myself. That in salah I'm talking about. If I close my eyes, it's because I want to see the words. 
and I can't see the words of my eyes open, which is my deficiency. So I'm using the closing of my eyes to mask my own deficiency. I should be better in my game. Now when I'm following, when I'm following an imam, if I close my eyes, it means that I'm struggling to keep up with the imam. That's what, that's what happens when I close my eyes. When I'm on it in a prayer, my eyes are wide open and I can see pages in front of me. I can see them reciting. I can see the meanings. I'm thinking about what's, what's being said. I'm really relating. Thinking, didn't think about that. What about this? That's sick. That's that. Everything's going great. When it's going poor, it's just a shortcut out. Close my eyes and just go into holy meditation mode. You know what I'm trying to say? That's not our way. Again, from a sunnah point of view, the Prophet we have only one evidence that he closed his eyes and that is because something disturbed him and distracted him right in front of his eyes. Right in front. And we have the hadith, we'll come to it in a second. Then he commanded for that to be moved. Right? Afterwards. So he closed his eyes and then after the prayer, he goes, effectively, never going to close my eyes again so I want that out. So he ripped it down, got rid of it. So he doesn't close his eyes. Number one. Number two, his eyes being open is what we're meant to follow anyway. Number three, his eyes and everybody's eyes being open is to establish the obligation of not allowing someone to cross your prayer. If your eyes are closed, how do you know who's crossing the prayer or not? You are obligated to stop a person who's, who's coming. Obligated. Okay? A person is not allowed to allow people, yeah, you walk in front of me, you do what you want. You've got to stop them. So you need to be aware of your own setting, where you're meant to be looking. What's the point of looking at your sajda point? What's the point of looking at your tashahud? What's the point if your eyes are closed? I want you to, I want you to know that um, we've, we lie to ourselves. And you know what? In modern times, a lot of folks, they jump onto a little bit of a statement that seems that a scholar is allowing the closing of the eyes. Now, even I allow the closing of the eyes if the situation in front of you is going to cause a major damage to the integrity of your prayer. I mean, your concentration. But it's got to be temporary. It's got to be because you felt you needed it. And you've got to try and make sure it doesn't happen again. It doesn't invalidate the prayer. But it's definitely identifying a problem. You get what I'm saying, folks? So, Sheikh then continued. He goes, So if there is something right in front of you that, you know, it's very much disturbing you and, you know, track catastrophes in the masjid, and we know all about that behavior. Yes? Men know that's a disaster praying behind other men and seeing all the ugly behavior. Then close your eyes sometimes is the best solution. Otherwise, you just your blood boiling, your head's going mental. You think I'm going to kill this guy. Anyway, so you could close your eyes is better for you. But only for the minimal amounts. Minimal amounts. Qadr al-haja. Just amount that is necessary. Okay? As for without need, it is disliked. It's not haram. It's disliked. That's the whole point we're doing the chapter of the disliked matters. Okay? Don't let the shaitan yani, become the person who controls your khushu'. I think it's a very nice point. Right, okay. Um, then he says, uh, okay, you know what? Let's, uh, because I, I don't, I, at the end, I don't want to be taking too many questions. Uh, any questions on it now? Let's do it bit by bit. Bring up the comments, Rana. Any questions on this section? Anyone uh, uh, asking about the eyes? Closing? Lifting? Yes. No, I wasn't with, with regards to the eyes. I was saying earlier, sorry. Uh-huh. Yeah. But what about, for example, what other acts that we died were such as wudu? If we were to do it whilst we're closing our eyes after wudu, we still can't, and that would be considered by most madahib to be an act of worship. It's an act, so, so the point that you're making 
The difference is, is that certain prohibited acts are linked to an act of worship. Mm -hmm. So it's like, for example, someone was smoking during wudu. Mm -hmm. Okay? Smoking during wudu is, is haram, but it's not linked to the validity of the wudu. It's not, it's not part and parcel of the act of wudu. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, uh, and I'm sure there's many other examples. The example that I normally give every year is not praying whilst fasting. Okay, which is not only haram, it may be an act of kufr. Okay, there's a discussion there. Okay, as we know, uh, and it's unimaginable as well that any Muslim would do that. But many people do that. However, we do not make them repeat the fast because it's not from the condition of the fast, technically speaking, to pray. Of course, the scholars would respond, a minority, and they would say, but iman is a, is a is a condition, and there's no iman if you don't pray. But that's a different argument. So it's not always the case what you're saying. Yep. Would that then invalidate the prayer? No, it wouldn't invalidate the prayer, no. Okay? So, um, so with that saying that they do so, why is it coming to the screen, man? <laughs> I can't read anything. They close their eyes in the Shima, I think it says. Daily morning and evening prayer, apparently to help them focus. Others say because you can't express complete faith while witnessing. I, I, it's readable, it's readable, it's fine. What, you can't express complete faith while witnessing the pain in the world around us. They cover their eyes with their hands. Look, I never knew that. They don't have the Western Wall, whatever, or no, what's not, what, what we're going to call it? Burak Wall. Burak Wall. Yeah. Wow, yeah, and he went, there's the nuts from you calling it Western Wall or whatever you called it. Burak Wall. Which also is not true, by the way, but you know, I mean, I was enjoying it, having a bit back and forth, so yeah, and it, Burak wall. Where they get Burak wall from? Whatever wall it is. But anyway, the point is, is that they're giving it all that behavior. They don't cover their eyes, do they? Morning and evening. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So Sarah says, is supporting endorsing Jeremy Corbyn an application of the law of fiqh where you are allowing a lesser evil for the greater good? Uh, absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt. Because if he were to become prime minister, his influence would greatly help the Palestinian cause despite his far left liberal views that maybe contradictory of course they're contradictory not maybe and his influence of course would help the Palestinian cause and this is where the situation becomes difficult okay and, and, and that's why politics is never right or wrong okay the Palestinian cause is not the defining factor of Iman in this country and it shouldn't be the reason that we vote or not vote a person in you know what I'm saying the primary respons responsibility of the Palestinian cause is for the people in Palestine, surrounding Palestine, connected to Palestine, and so on. Every area has its own set of obligations and concerns. The Palestinian cause is a general obligation, which every single person will be spoke will be asked about and held accountable. We have obligations towards it. However, what often happens when people get involved with more politics and activism than Islam is that they take political matters and they make them part of Iman beyond what it should be. So for example, um, and I've spoken about, I don't want to go back here over this, I've been speaking about this the last 20 years, okay, and writing about this for the same, and there's all of this is on the internet somewhere. It's a, it's, it, it could very easily be argued, okay, very easily argued, that it's been a catastrophic mistake that the Muslim community has made in going behind uh, liberals and the left over the last 20, 30 years. 
okay? If we were to now put this back 20, 30 years, there'd be a very strong argument that we should have gone behind the right and try to guide them away from going too far right, okay? Because the right make all the sense for us in every way. It could, and obviously our boomer generation, okay? We would think also that the economic policies also make a lot of sense as well. Okay, we could argue on that, but that's, that, that's going too far, all right? And socialist, communist, blah, 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 but put that to the side. Uh, myself, personally, I find conservative economic policy great, personally. But more important than that is its value system. The value system of the conservative is far closer, far safer than anything else by center-left or left like Lib, Lib Dems, all right? We went that way because for us, the... Um, the, 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 the idea that they would not question our hijab in the street because the liberal Dem Democrats are the ones that allow you to dress how you want because everybody should be allowed to be dressed how they want, whatever, was the more important <coughs> objective. All right? Now, we can't say, yeah, no, that's wrong, haram, but, but it's a political opinion, right? And the community generally supported that, the Muslims, in the West. And that's why you'll find that in the community, you will see mostly they went that way, to the left. Very rare do you find, and actually when you do find Muslims supporting Tories, they get, you know, people get really upset. Or you find Muslims supporting Republicans in the States, you get people really upset, how dare you, what about this, 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 this. In actual fact, I'm, like Brexit. Yeah, and the Muslim community are finding Muslims who support Brexit to be like, you know, like kuffar. What the fish? You know what I mean? They make it out like Brexit. Brexit is a point of Iman or something. Or that is the definition of right and left. This is not. And that's what happens when, I'm obviously I'm not saying Sarah's doing this, but I'm saying that this is the danger when maslaha becomes too subjective, when politics becomes too much and it brought into the middle. Uh, Hamza. Very right. Yeah, yeah, that's also a, a fair point. Back then, I, like, I don't think we can blame them at all. I do think that we can blame them now. Like, Chidil is a very good example, right? Not a very good example, it's a different example. Uh, sorry for everyone online, but Chidil at the moment is a, a, a city, a constituency, which has only ever been uh, conservatives or Lib Dems, okay? And uh, Labour, literally, like, non-existent. Right, okay. Now... Always, we've gone behind the Lib Dems, all right, generally. First of all, it's my opinion that the masjid must not get involved. And the masjid is in a dangerous position right now where it's becoming almost understood that the masjid will, will kind of ratify a candidate. And in my opinion, that shouldn't happen. The masjid needs to be free of that, all right? Conversations can happen behind the scenes and you know, informally, but the masjid, yani, that's dangerous. Right? This is the naivety that we've suffered from, that the masjid would obviously support. I mean, we would obviously support the Lib Dems. Traditionally, they've been helping us. They've come to our events, argue our cases, help our causes, it's a, as the liberal cause has, uh, does. And we stay quiet about all the other kufr that they do and all the other values that they do. And we just, you know, we just, we just stay stumped and that's it. Okay? Now, when you throw, just to show the other side of the argument, when you throw your entire lot publicly behind Lib Dems, and then we get slapped in the face of a conservative victory, like the last few or four years, we're like a bunch of dogs now. Don't know what they were to do. We go up to the, uh, the, the Mary Robinson, or whatever her name is, 
And like, she's like, you know, you're saying, can I have this? And she's like, right there, and you can look at her face and think, you dog, do you think I'm going to give you this? And she's like, sure, yeah, write it down. And you, you know the situation's dead. It's all dead. And you're not asking her, you know that she's going to plan permission, putting that forward and say, make sure you strike it off. Yeah, you, we know all that's happening. Now, it's very possible that if we had not played our hand so obviously, right, that we wouldn't even have that, even if we supported Lib Dems, for example. Now, we have another problem now. Labour candidate comes forward, Muslim, people that we know, okay? Labour, um, it could be argued that last 10, 15 years there's been a, 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 you know, a, a, an increase. I mean, uh, unfortunately under Jeremy Corbyn it's probably gone down, but there was certainly at the beginning part an increase in the desire for Labour uh, after Blair, you know, Blair killed Labour, right? Everybody was, went right off it. Conservatives came straight in. And then obviously they messed it up as well. So then Labour kind of became a bit more interesting and a viable vote, and their, their vote here increased. So it becomes a viable option. Now in this scenario where we've got the numbers here, um, it's very clear that Lib Dems and Conservatives are the, the two dominant parties. Labour hasn't got a chance. And a Labour candidate comes forward, and it's a Muslim. And it's a Muslim who's gonna promise you to fight your corner, the Muslim cause, you know, tooth and nail. We've got now a problem. On one hand, Voting for this guy is 100% giving the Tories the seat. 100%. One, not just this time, but the next four years after that, and, and God knows for what, how long. That's a fact. But the that's a fact. What's not a fact is whether that's good or bad. That's subjective. You get what I'm saying? Whether that's good or bad is subjective because either what you've done is to given the Muslim community the guts to go against whatever and feel that it has the right to be able to vote and support who it wants and whatever and choose a candidate and say, you know what, we'll take, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day and we'll take it. We're, we're willing to go with you for the next 20 years, right? Because it will take something like that, all right? And because, you know, Corbyn's destroyed any chance of Labour being chosen. He, he single-handedly destroyed it, right? He, obviously, we know there's a massive campaign against him of whole anti-Semitism nonsense, but he didn't fight it proper. He didn't do what he could have done. Brexit, he's messed up completely. So he's not going to win, right? Uh, very unlikely. So now, the likelihood of them coming to the forefront is unlikely. So it's a long-term project. <coughs> and if you're in, then you go in. On the other hand, people turn around and say, you've got to be joking. We can't afford that risk for the next four years, eight years, 12 years, as a community, as a masjid to not have actual representation, you know, in this kind of, uh, you know, that we want from a, a candidate that the Lib Dem would give us. For us to look the long term, we like the idea in the long term, what about the next 10, 20 years of conservative domination? Because it will be. And anyone who denies that is just a cloud cuckoo land. I mean, honestly, that's the irritating thing. Basically, and his facts and figures will show that. So I'm saying that these aren't, the consequence is not the facts. It's allowed to disagree upon which path. It's not a straightforward decision about what we do. Okay, and I'll also say this, Yani, a Muslim guy, uh, you know, Pakistani guy or XYZ guy that you feel, feel represents us. I'll tell you right now, no one can give you complete representation in politics. We're living in a dream world. We have all the best people in the world out there trying to do that. Okay, Muslims trying to do that, they always tell themselves that they'll do this, they'll do that. Then they go and they smell the coffee, they wake up, and you get jack squat. And you don't, you can't blame them. How many people were so excited about Sadiq Khan and now how quiet they are? embarrassed about every single thing that he says. That, oh my God, oh my God, Ya Allah, maaf karna. Yani what's he saying? One day I'm with you, this, that, oh, blah, blah. 
scientific thinking, yani, you know what I'm trying to say? It's a different, politics is a disaster. The person who goes into politics has basically destroyed themselves. We should not be pushing people in there. And if someone you know, stands up and does it for their own reason, and they go, they're a Muslim or they're good towards Muslims, you know what, thank you very much. We're not going to knock them, all right? But don't expect that it's the obvious thing that we should support them as well. My point being is that this is a matter of ishtihad. It's politics. That's why, that's why it's called politics. It's why politics in that far'i part is not part of the asl of the deen. All right, that's, 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 Allah, that's so important. But anyway, oh my goodness, where did we get to then? Right, regarding closing of the eyes, is that in sujood too? That is correct. It is in sajda as well. There is no evidence to suggest in any way that there's an exception for the sajda. Okay? Uh, for the sake of trying to remember the page, is it okay? Yes. For a moment, sister saying that, you know, she's just trying to, you know, get an idea of what's going on. That's allowed. But that's not a khushu thing. You get what I'm saying? That's a functional thing. If you're like, you know, someone comes across immediately. Like in Chido here, right? When someone comes across, you do close the eyes. Right? Just momentarily. That stays in your pocket, by the way, Lala. Okay? Yeah, just in case. The, uh, uh, you know, as soon as you, that you see that person, you just close your eyes. That's not khushu. That's further distraction. Yeah, you're avoiding further distraction. So that's, that's something which is allowed. Um, anyone really struggling with the khushu? Can you close eyes? That's back. That's the, that's, that's, that's the wrong way of going around it. Because it's the khushu problem in the first place that's now leading you to believe that the solution is in closing the eyes. You get what I'm trying to say? Temporarily, it's not going to validate the prayer. It's not haram. It's okay. But I'm telling you now, you take this route, you are not going to find the solution in any other way. Because it's, it's going to give you perfect results all the time. Why would you want to go to anywhere else? You know what I'm trying to say? You see, uh, if I say, okay, it's allowed. <laughs> you try a couple of times, you say, my prayer is great. That's exactly what you've been sold. So I'm saying to you that temporarily you can, but you've got to know from your iman and deen and from following the sunnah that this is not the actual end game. Yeah. He does. He, 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 well, he alludes to it. And as I said to you about, about 10 minutes ago, that you will find a couple of scholars that will, you know, and Ibn al-Qayyim is the, the famous one. But Ibn al-Qayyim, by the way, in other parts of his works, has also made it very, very clear that this is against the Sunnah. A lot of people don't know that, by the way. Uh, what's going on here? That's right. The Prophet ﷺ asked for it to be removed, correct. Right, right. Uh, I find that I close my eyes sometimes in Sujood because of the glass contact which makes my vision blurry. Yeah, that's something which, if there's a need, as you said, as if there's a need, it's allowed. Even closing the eyes for whatever reason, we're not saying it's haram. It's a disliked matter. That's what, remember, don't forget, dislike. We're in a dislike section, not in the haram section. Yeah? All right. Um, huh. Say that again? Yani close their eyes, yeah? Um, in dua, you mean, or you mean dhikr? Yeah, in, in, in dua, again, actually, the irony is, is that there is no evidence of the Prophet ﷺ using the closing of the eyes to enhance any dhikr or any experience. And you know the problem? problem is that we are so used to the closing of the eyes to enhance any of our dhikr experience that we find it difficult to accept it. That's a problem. 
We know that the Prophet ﷺ was watching people in dua. We know that the Prophet ﷺ looked to the heavens in dua. Okay? That's why we know that this looking to the sky is only prohibited in the prayer, not in dua. We know the Prophet ﷺ would point, look, make dua. Yani the eyes are very important. We know. You know, what's amazing is when we can say we know when the Prophet ﷺ closed his eyes because they were that focused on exactly what he did. You get what I'm saying? Right. So the next then is um, Okay. So let's actually finish this because, you know, otherwise to do demonstrations over there is going to be mission. So it is disliked for the Musalli to make Iqa. Because the Nabi Sallallahu said it is prohibited to make Iqa like the dog. Iqa is the seating position of the dog. And we're going to describe that now. Uh, Sheikh says, that the reason it's haram is because of the one, the animal comparison. Two, because a person can never ever actually be stable in that position. I'm going to, I don't know, I mean, you're going to probably prove me wrong. I don't know if that's correct. I don't think that's true actually. In actual fact, people today will probably argue that that's the only position they can relax in. When you see me demonstrate that. He goes that it has four well-known expressions. I'll describe them, then I'm going to demonstrate them. The first one is when you are flat-footed, okay? Flat-footed, and you sit, both of them are flat. Okay, so both of your feet are like that. By the way, this is like in between the sajda. Imagine when you come up from the sajda, and you sit, that's your seated position, and what you do with your feet. So, you know that it should be like this. This is the sunnah. Everybody happy with that? This is nasab, this is iftirash, so this is hitting the floor, the farash, and this is in a state of nasab, raised. Okay, that's the basic position. So now we're discussing the four prohibited forms. This is the first one. Okay, the uh, uh, sorry, disliked. Beg your pardon. Disliked. Okay, according to the Hanbalis, and we're going to come to say what the other schools say in a second. Uh, the, the the second, sorry. Uh, so that, that's the, that's the the, the first uh, form. Sheikh says that there is a, uh, it's disliked for two reasons. One, because this is what a dog does. I haven't looked at a dog. I, uh, I don't know. Okay. It looks something like that, I think. You know, whatever. And the second, he goes, because it, uh, it, it tires the person, causes pain, therefore they can't focus on the prayer. Okay. The second version. This one. The one that you saw me do before, the one that I'm doing currently now, I told you I've got a broken bone, blah, blah, blah. That's Yanni when your toes are on the thingy. Yep, like that. Okay? So same. I'm going to show these in a second anyway. Now, this is the second form. However, we said something different. We said this is actually not makruba, it's a sunnah. Now, how can it be both? It's narrated in Sahih Muslim from the hadith of Abdullah ibn Abbas, radiallahu anhuma, that the Prophet said, innaha sunnata nabiyyik. That this is the sunnah of your Prophet. Okay, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So, um, however, the majority, and I've, I've told you this throughout. I've said that this seated position is disliked by a number of scholars. Sheikh Uthameen says actually the majority of scholars dislike it. I've always told you that the Hanafis refuse this position. Remember all the way through? I said sitting like this, Hanafis no go. For them it's very serious. In actual fact, the majority of scholars don't like this position. How did they then deal with this? They said that this was how it used to be and that the prohibition with the hadith of the dog abrogated this particular position. That's their 
argument. And Sheikh says, Wallahu um, a'lam that this is a, yani the way that Sheikh puts this point, he goes that, in my opinion, he's effectively saying that this is it's something definitely to be considered. So even Sheikh Uthaymeen is throwing some doubt onto this act. Now, in the modern time, just to give you some context, people like Sheikh Al-Albani, for example, and Ahl Hadith, for example, because it's so clearly mentioned in the Hadith, this act, and in terms of fiqh, they're not yani, too enthused about fiqh. They like to stick only kind of to Hadith. They're like, you've got to be joking. Forget what all the Imams say and all the scholars say. This is a Sunnah position. Which is why you'll see those that are more proponents of a more kind of relaxed fiqh or Salafi fiqh, non-madhab kind of whatever, they will be very comfortable in this position because the hadith are there. However, the majority of fuqaha, madhahib, they're like, you've got to be joking. What about all of the hadith that are focusing on this? And the presence of all of these hadith and the dog hadith make it clear that this is the preferred position. So I want you to know that in principle, I think this is a sound argument. Now, whether I can say that the class position is that this is disliked, I have to say that my heart feels a bit yani, hesitant to say it's disliked, but I'm far more comfortable with saying it is disliked than it being the absolute sunnah. Okay, I was with Sheikh Walid the other day, for example, and he said, all right, that in his opinion, the strongest evidence is not even this, but it's the hadith of Aisha. And he said that this is a hadith, you know, when Aisha woke up and she couldn't find the Prophet Yep, and she and she got, she said that I was because it's black. There's no lights. There's no you know whatever. So she's doing this. Yep. Where is she? Where is he? And then she goes that. Then I went and I felt his feet. And then you know I made the the, the thing and the feet were like this. Now, that is not necessarily an evidence that that was how he was sitting. It's not clear whether that was in the sajda. That the majority of scholars use this that this is when the feet should come together in sajda as opposed to like this. When you're in sajda, the feet should come together, which is a sunnah from this hadith here. But does that indicate that therefore, that when he would sit up, he would remain like that? It's the same idea that if the feet are like this, then it's like that, then it's like this, then it's like that. So their argument is if this was how the feet were, then that's how it was when he sat. And then, you know what I'm saying? So it's got evidence basis. But the majority of scholars say, you know, it's disliked. All right. That's the, the third form is, um, you know, when I, I did this, you know, I said this is like we, we, women sit. You remember that one, yeah? Like, and it's kind of, you know, you're in the middle, kind of just collapsed in the middle. Yeah? Your backside's on the floor proper and your feet are at the side. I'll show you, I'll show you. Don't worry. And then the fourth, the fourth is the same, but your feet are like that. So the same position, your backside is on the floor, but your feet are up. Huh? I don't know how hard it is, but we'll, we'll have a look. We'll give it a go. Come on, Zafaris, let's, let's do this camera watch. So I want to say that, by the way, that in the third scenario, the scholars, they said that what makes it even more makro is not even necessarily sitting like that, but putting their hands at the front. I, I, I'll explain that. Okay, all right. Let's, let's, uh, how are we doing this again? No idea. All right. We missed us actually. Mr. No idea, Kaputa. No idea. Yeah, the guy's got work, man. Missions.
How am I doing this? Oh yeah, like this. Yeah. All right. You guys can see. Yeah. Camera can see. Right. This is the f this. Uh, sorry. What was it? Yeah, this is the first one. Everybody happy with that? Yeah, you're gonna have to go like that. Yeah. So, so this is now feet basically flat and sitting like that. Happy with that? Yeah. That's that's dislike. Dislike. These are the dislike positions. Okay. Now, I know. It's, that's why I said to you, Pakistanis every day are sitting like this day and night. Okay. And that's why I said Sheikh Uthaymin. He said that one of the reasons that that these are disliked is because it makes a person tired. I'm saying that actually most people will find it's easier for them to sit like this. And this is the killer that they can't handle, right? Yeah. They can't sit on that for a long time. Now, uh, actually, this is why I'm not so convinced by what Sheikh Uthameen says. I'll tell you why. Because if Sheikh Uthameen wants this position, and he's saying this is mutaab, okay, or this is what causes pain, Sheikh Uthameen will be the first to argue that the sunnah of tawarruk that we've been studying is to take that pressure off that foot, right? When you do this, right? And the foot comes on and out, and this is actually very relaxed. Whether you do this or not, that's up to you. But this is very relaxed position here. You get what I'm saying? So in actual fact, what Sheikh is saying, where he's saying that this is therefore the sunnah, which is the sunnah, this is not tiring, and he's saying that sitting like this is makro because this is tiring, that doesn't actually add up. In this position here? And that's going to make you want to get up? Is that, is that, huh? In this position. Only one will go. Oh, maybe, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Good point, yeah. Maybe that's a, that's a, that's a good point. So that's, a, that's the first one. The second one is this, okay? Yeah, this is the one we're talking about. This is where all the dispute is. Yeah, some will say this is a sunnah, some will say this is abrogated. Everybody clear with that? Yeah? The third one is this. That's the, that's the women's one. Yeah, thank you very much. Sweet, Dr. Sir. So, yeah. That's that one. And the fourth one. Are we ready for this, boys? My physiotherapist is going to have a heart attack. All right. Oh, sorry. By the way, what I was saying is that this is what makes it like the dog. The hands there. Okay. Just want you to see this. Okay. Just pointing the hands. Just, just pointing the hands at the, at the front. That's it. Okay. I don't know why you do that. But I mean, you know, but pointing your hands to the front. You can look on this side. Make it look easier. Pointing the hands basically here. Yep, just hands straight down. Alright? And the fourth one is this. <laughs> okay? So if the toes are. Uh, right, okay. So that's done. Idea, oh, right. What a day to wear jeans as Goodness gracious. What happened to my own Dr. Man? Right. And just whilst we're here, by the way, the next uh, statement, although I'm not covering it now, says that the next thing, which is makro, is the hands, okay? So I just want you to look at this, okay? When you do sajda, we know that we do it like this. Yeah, we covered last year that the hands go where you make takbir. So, Allahu Akbar, there's where the hands go, yeah? And the elbows have to be up above the floor. Okay, what's impermissible is this? So look at that from the side, yeah? Impermissible or disliked? Uh, disliked, I beg your pardon. Disliked, Dis disliked. And actually, a number of scholars consider it to be haram as well. So, uh, but, but that's not uh, our concern. The text is saying this is disliked. This is hands down. 
This is the dog position. You know how like a dog would sit with its four arms on the floor. So this is impermissible. And you'll find a lot of people doing this. Okay, a lot of people. And this is, not only is this because people don't know the sunnah, but because they don't know how to make sajda. You see, they will do this if they think that sajda is about kind of collapsing on the floor because it's humility. You know, let me just collapse in front of my Lord. No, in actual fact, sajda is a proud position. It's humility in a proud position. You are keeping your back straight, arms open. It's a intended act. Okay? So that, now, so that's, that, that's something which has got to be avoided. And, we'll, and, and I'll tell you why the scholars say it's haram, because of the fact that they use the word dog. But it's getting late. So, and they, they just mentioned one thing. They said that if a person is doing sajda for a long time, okay, and then you know what you'll see is that people who are in sajda for a long time, shoulders start to hurt and everything, so they put their hands down. So the scholar said this is not something which you should do. What you're allowed to do is to go from here, okay, to here. So what happens is that you put your elbows and you rest them on your thighs. Because the, the, pro the problem here is that your, uh, your elbow, elbows need supporting. So that's why people put them on the floor because they're tired. So instead, support them on your thighs and then your thighs takes the work and, and, my, 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 and, my, and my arms are not actually touching the floor. So it's not the sunnah of like that, but it's not like that or like that, which is not acceptable. Right? But here, that's a go-to position before you even consider putting your hands there like that. Okay? And in the next section, uh, or in the next uh, lesson, sorry, um, we'll speak about some of the, the, the benefits and wisdoms and uh, the hadith that are around this issue. Okay? Um, because there's a lot to discuss there, actually. Okay, questions, folks, before we uh, close up. Yes, Hamza. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. So, anything that happens, anything that happens because you had no choice, like you know, it's very busy, right? Uh, like Juma, for example. In Juma, for example, it's allowed for you not even to make sajda on the floor. Sajda, right? We have narrations from the companions that they would make sajda on the legs and the feet of the companions in front of them. So it's all about packing in, getting lots of people in. So everything goes to pot. Yeah, any feet, face, ha arms, ha that's something which is being forced. But in the normative scenario we're talking about, yeah? Right, let's have the comments up. Questions, guys? Anyone? Anything? Right. Yara, Naim, Dibon, Yara. Right. It doesn't look anything like how the Jews do it. Yep. All right. Blah, blah, blah. What should Yala Insaf does he mean in the footnotes about Iqa'a? Insaf is the uh, humbly a uh, book of uh, thingy. It's a hum uh, humbly uh, commentary. And Insaf. Okay, I don't know who the author is. It Mawati? I, I can't remember who the author is. Who is the author of himself? I can't remember. Um, you're surprised about conservative economics, blah, 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 blah. Is that when you're stuck to the thingy? Blah, blah, blah. Many, many, many reasons why, but you know, that's another discussion. Right. Is it also disliked to pray in the dark if this improves khushua? Should I make a point to turn the light on at Fajr? It's a very good question. Okay, the answer is no. There is nothing promoting light. All right, it's it's the, the the practice of praying in the dark is ironically closer to the sunnah. All right, I don't want to make it that, but I'm just saying that I want you to know that lights were not a big thing at all. The night prayer was the, the norm. 
It was the preferred prayer of the Prophet ﷺ. There was no candles and lanterns and oils and very minimal yani, resources. And you get what I'm trying to say? So in actual fact, that was not. Now, it's different to say that you, you seek for a dark room. That's where it starts to get dangerous. Yeah? When you're seeking a dark room. But to think you've got to turn the light on? No, there's no basis for that. Now, if a person was getting into the dangerous zone of needing the light, and eyes closed, and they, for that reason, start putting the light on, that's great, actually. That's a very affirmative way of forcing yourself to address the issue. But you get my point. Um, repost, who's unable for Dina. Ah, Dina. My five-year-old asked me to ask his question. He is concerned about his cousin who has a dog in the house. His question is, will his cousin's angels, who are with her all the time, stay with her if she has a dog in the house? Uh, the answer to that is no. The hadith is very, very clear that the the... Angels do not frequent a house therein, which therein is a dog. So there's absolutely no doubt about that. So, uh, what that, 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 so what that means is that that person's barakah is down. That person's protection is down. Not that their deeds are missed, because the deeds are still recorded. But that the, 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 the you know, like we mentioned last week, that it's important to have the barakah of the companionship of angels, which are That's many. That's inside the house. That's inside the house, correct. Outside, in the open, whatever. Now, that is probably the same, though, in keeping a dog close. And this is, by the way, if there is no need for the dog. Okay, inside the house, there is no need. A guard dog goes outside, not inside. If you're hunting with a dog, it doesn't apply. What part of uh, person A is going to be towards the imam and he's got a dog driving? Yeah. Is a dog just a tracker that doesn't make it? According to, the according to the to the majority of scholars, the dog touching, the brushing does not break wudu. It's the saliva itself. Some said it's the actual mouth, not just the saliva. It's the mouth itself, not, not you know, someone could take saliva. And, so it's not the saliva, it's the mouth. Some said it's just the saliva. Some said that it's the entirety. Some said, and I have to say that um, although I'm comfortable with the mouth being the real issue, in my opinion, th the practical, I think, approach should be moisture and their skin. So once you touch a dog and it's dry, it's all good, right? But once you're wet or it's wet and you're touching, you're now starting to get close, very close to the issues of very big doubt of where the impurity is. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's the same with anything, actually. That's the same with feces, for example. That's the same with a, a pig, for example. Yeah? It's, uh, we covered this in the first couple of years. Moisture is the problem. It's what carries majestic acro uh, impurity across, not impurity in itself. Yeah. Uh, going back to Taslim, you mentioned a few opinions about how to do it. What is the class position and could we rep rotate between opinions? Yes, we said it is sunnah of tanawa. So it is sunnah to say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi is the asl. That's the class sunnah position. But to add wa barakatuh, we know that this is not something which is random. It was repeated by the Prophet and that's Sheikh Uthameen said. To say it each time differently is actually a sunnah. Okay, anything, uh, if you pray facing the wrong way and then realize afterwards uh, when you finish, what do you do? You do not need to repeat the prayer if you tried your best. If you didn't, in an area where it was easy to determine the qibla, Muslims around you didn't bother asking, phone was there but you, you were too lazy, then you need to repeat the prayer. But you did what you did and it told you the wrong direction or you messed it up, then you do not need to repeat the prayer. What is the view of the four schools? given what we spoke about in the women's prayer, i.e. women closing their bodies and the hadith of the dog. I notice women seem to have their forearms on the floor in observing the women's position. Absolutely correct and well said, Asma. 
that is the problem of contradiction. On one hand, they're saying you close your bodies and that's all about the hands going down. And on the other hand, they're saying that it's not like you need to pray with that position because you're praying like a dog. And obviously they say this is makro and it's a new reason for it. And for that reason, you know, that's their, that's their argument. So it just goes to strengthen our argument as well. As we said, there's no evidence for that. The sunnah is to pray exactly as a man does. And you're not allowed to be making your own uh, uh, basis for this particular scenario. Even though we know where it comes from. Okay? Uh, it doesn't break the wudu. The dog salah does not break the wudu. You need to just wash yourself or wash your clothes. Okay? Anybody else? Any other questions? Are we done? Any other uh, uh, announcements? Anything we need to say? No? Alright. Jazakumullah khair. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta wa astaghfiruka Allahumma wa atubu ilaik. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.